for Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moods. Good morning. Hello again. Welcome to the warm-up for another week. Matt Wallen and Cam Mooney with you. Massive show on the way as we get set for another big weekend of footy. But also Chris Goulding's going to join us too, Moons, very soon to talk oh, about his time in Paris. But also with the Boomers World Cup coming up uh, in August. Looking forward to that. That's going to be sensational. We'll chat to Chris very soon. Our weekend preview on the way and, of course, our local footy update. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, buddy. Good morning, everybody. Yes, uh, um, I'm still... Still a little bit flat from Thursday night, actually. The cat attack. I thought the catters might have gone over there. And actually, I, I thought after the first quarter, oh my God, Premiership favourites. Here we go. They're back. <laughs> Port <laughs> pretenders. Yeah. No good. And then after quarter time, it was a complete reversal. And Port were unbelievable. Actually, I picked Port, so I'm actually I'm pretty happy with my pick. But uh, Geelong, yeah, Geelong are back in that spot of, geez, they. The end of their year now is the tough yeah, run. Really it's a really tough. tough run for them. And yep. maybe it's a bridge too far. Who, who knows? But Port were absolutely fantastic. I don't like to agree with you too much, but you did say a couple of weeks ago that they just need to get into that bottom eight and they could they could do it from there. But there's a lot to come back. And you know in the past mm. that teams that have injuries or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean when you get all your players back that it just clicks again either. No, it doesn't. And you, and you saw on, the, on Thursday night, I mean – Paddy needs a couple of weeks. We know that. He wasn't fantastic. Uh, Duncan wasn't great either, but he's going to need a couple of weeks. I mean, these guys missed a lot of football. And the biggest one is for Geelong is Guthrie. When he comes back, how much time he's going to have. And there's a little bit of talk that, you know, right to the end of the season. I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Radigley needs to come back in, obviously. But I think I still stand by if they get everyone back and they can find some form and they can sneak into that eight. I'd be extremely worried about playing them. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Kane Corns came out and said the Port Adelaide cannot win the premiership. Oh, now, he, he said some things that I reckon sometimes that he doesn't believe in. Now, he Do you reckon, does, he, got, you reckon he got a phone call? I reckon he might have got a phone call saying... I reckon Kenny's giving him a call and said, hey, play us down a bit. Koshy's got on the phone and said, any <laughs> danger, you can keep the lid on us, for, lid on for us. I think that that's what's happened a couple of weeks ago. Pretty hard when you've won, well, at that stage, 10 in a row. It would have been 9 or 10 in a row a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Now they're at 11. They're worried about their tall forwards. You know, he was worried about the tall forwards not having those options going into the finals, all that sort of stuff when you need them to stand up. But, geez, they've been impressive. Best year of his career. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dixon's just big and powerful and strong. Yeah. Marshall was pretty good. The Marshall was pretty geez, good. I tell you now, watch Marshall outside 50. He is an elite kick inside 50. He did a couple across his body Thursday night. I thought, wow. That well, was elite. I'll raise you. Finn Layson's left foot, mate. That his nice, his it? technique is just pure. Yeah. He um he strikes the ball so beautifully, and he's going well. He's playing that second ruckman, that sort mm-hmm. of fifth on ball, a fourth on ball, I should say. So he's been quite impressive. Did you ever get a phone call or a tap on the shoulder or an email or a text saying, "Hey, mate, I know the cats. Can you sort of play us down or play us up, or can you get into a player? This guy's not doing enough." Uh, no, probably more the other way. Many, many, many years ago, I was I was a bit harsh on Geelong. And probably a bit harsh on the cockroach. Really? Uh, and I got a call from the club saying, hey, just back off a little bit. Really? <laughs> so that's the only thing the opposite. I ever, that's the only thing I ever got. But no, look, don't get me wrong, it, it would happen. It would absolutely happen. Particularly when I mean Kane Corns has got a, a, a huge voice in the media. Yeah, of you know, course. I love him or hate him, but he's got a huge voice, Cornsy. Um and yeah, I would have no question that if the club wanted to, if the club wanted to, they would ring him and say, Hey mate. 
Let's just change the narrative a little bit. Well, clearly it happens, and clearly it's going to happen a lot easier if it's a player who is from that club. Obviously, Port Adelaide, yeah. born and bred, Cornsy. So, you know, that's an easy conversation to have. Hey, can you just sort of play us down a little bit? But it may not have happened, but it feels like it did because they're on fire a couple of weeks ago, can't win the flag. I think they're right in the mix. Oh, they're right. I mean, still have Melbourne and Port um, – sorry, Melbourne and Collingwood as my top two. Mm-hmm. I've got Port obviously as my third. I think they're the only three, in my opinion, that uh, they're, they're the biggest three that can win it. And again, I'll, I'll talk about Geelong. I still think Geelong are a chance if, and that is a massive, massive if, uh, they can sneak into the eight. But yeah, those three are for me. But at the moment, I still trust Collingwood and Melbourne more than I trust Port, even though Port are you know, 11 on the trot. Hey, the tackle's been a big thing this season. It's been tough to swallow, to be honest. I don't know where it's going. Um, I feel for the players at the moment. Yeah, some suspensions this week. The outcome um, position of what happens is the real stress for me. It's like it doesn't really matter what you do. If the outcome is a certain thing, a concussion, an injury, then you're done. And I just don't feel – I just don't know how you can – you can really manage it that way as a player going, well, I can almost do whatever I want as long as he's okay. Well, the problem is, take Sicily's tackle for an example. Now, I at the time, I called that it was a, it was a fantastic lunging desperate tackle. Got him around the hips, uh, spun him around and landed on top of landed on top of Sicily. Yeah. And then because he's fallen off Sicily's body and then hit his head, Sicily's get three weeks. Yeah. Like... <sighs> It's 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 extremely hard now. Now players will always play on instinct, so they'll just they'll do those kind of actions, those kind of tackles. But when does it get to a point where a player just goes, "I don't want to tackle anymore. I, yeah, I can't yep. tackle anymore because I am too frightened that I may cop three weeks on something that is a complete accident or accidental incident." Well, Moons, seriously, I don't know how many years ago, and it comes up every single year. The bump's dead. You can't bump anymore, and people come out. Oh, you can bump if you do it this way. Now the bump's been dead. For a while, but the tackle. If you can't do it this dead. way, you've got to be like it has to be scientifically the greatest thing of all time for you not to get suspended. Yeah. So now the tackle's dead. So yeah, it comes now. It's like well, it's not, but it, it gets to a stage where you're right. It's you know how much do you actually worry about tackle? Like it's just Dan become Butler a corralling. Was completely and one hundred percent embarrassing mm. that it actually went that far. Like yep. embarrassing. Yes, it got turned over and. It should have grazed up. But the fact that we even got to that point, I'm actually embarrassed for our game. Yeah. I yeah. really am. Yeah. It is It is hard to swallow. I think it gets to a, a stage where, as a fan, you really need to know what the outcomes of mm. things are going to be. And if you're watching the game going, I don't know if that's play on or three weeks. That's that's not a good position you to be You watch in. how many players now. And again, we'll use the Sisley tackle as an example. How many players will lunge and do that tackle and then they'll just let go? And yep. how many players will then break a tackle? And then what we'll be saying is how many t- – these players can't tackle anymore. There's broken tackles everywhere because players will not want to take a player to ground in case there is consequences of yep. a week to three weeks. Well, now, three weeks is a huge amount of time off um, for a tackle. And it was a legit tackle. If he's okay – Now, I know the end result was bad, but it was a legit tackle. If he's okay, he knocks his head, but he's okay – he either plays the game on or, or 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 you know doesn't miss any footy. How many weeks is is Sicily getting? Well, one, none. Yeah. So maybe, I just don't one. think you can suspend people on on outcome. No. I feel like the intent needs to be there, and it's really frustrating 
at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buys, we've buys. Got four let me tell weeks. you. No, tell me now. Buys four weeks of buys. What's going on there? It's. I think it's terrible. I didn't actually realise it was happening because last week Geelong and Gold Coast were the only teams to have buys off. So we've got buys from round twelve mm-hmm. to round fifteen. Tell me you've got a better result. We've got to fix it. So I think the opportunity is we need to knock it on the head. Now, they tried to knock it on the head 15 years ago when Sydney and Collingwood were playing Sydney every Saturday night on that one-off weekend. Now, as a Collingwood supporter, it might have been all right. They got good crowds, but as a one-off game on a Saturday night, not enough. There was talk this week, I've heard, and this comes up every year, how about we have an under-18s carnival across that weekend or you get out to your local footy, we can get good crowds to these guys. No one's doing that. Like the, It's nice to say, but well, no one's know, doing you, that. You can do that on the back of night games. Yes. At AFL level. Yes. Because, you know, down here at Geelong, I mean, down at Geelong, I mean, you know, when Geelong aren't playing that day, local footy is pumping. Yes, absolutely. Is yep. People through the gates. When Geelong play during the day, nobody goes. Yep. So if you play your night games, everyone goes to their local footy. You can Ab- happen. Absolutely. This, people are going to go to the MCG and watch Victoria mm-hmm. and New South Wales or the Allies in under-18s. is just not going to happen. No. You're not going to get the crowds. It's a, it's a nice sentiment, but it ain't going to happen. I think we need to try and knock it over in one weekend. So I want to have four games across the weekend, one weekend, and the rest of the, rest of the teams have a bye, mm-hmm. and the following week would be similar. Thursday night footy, Friday night footy, mm-hmm. Saturday night footy, Sunday afternoon, 3.20, leading into 6 o'clock. Yep. They're the th- four main time slots across the weekend. Now, we've had two teams have a bye last week, and I know we had the Kings birthday game, but we had Thursday footy into Monday afternoon <laughs> footy. And so the split round was just like <laughs> so spread out. And we've got some really ordinary games within, you know, the Saturday and Sunday. So Thursday night into Friday night into Saturday night, you can still get to your local footy on a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon if that's what you like to do. Sunday afternoon, 3.20, Four games that have meaning or blockbusters. You can have them in each state if you want. Thursday you can do Perth. Friday in Adelaide. Melbourne on a Saturday night. Melbourne on a Sunday afternoon. Or mix them up if you like. The following weekend, you can do the same thing, but in in reverse order. You can have an extra game Mm. on a Saturday afternoon. But we need to knock it over. We can't have four weeks of just just ordinary games in between. You did flag this early in the season. That we started off strong, yes. and now we've we've watered down. Well, it always happens, doesn't it? They want to start the season strong, so you get all your marquee games. Somewhere along the line, the team, the teams, got to play each other. Well, that's right. It's usually, we it's usually in the middle of the season can. because you also want to finish the season strong as well. But we've come off what four teams round one, two teams round two, and then six and six um, teams with buys. So yeah, it's a little bit 15. all over the place. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually it's no good. I don't think. Uh, speaking of good, though, we've got a big show coming up. We're going to go through some of the games for the rest of the round. Your six-pack on the way. Chris Goulding, Boomers champion, is going to join us very soon as well. Looking forward to that. Hey, don't forget, Little Creature Geelong is turning 10 this weekend. And to celebrate, not only are they throwing a party, but they're releasing a single-batch 10-year Pilsner. Be one of the first in Australia to try it. Get to Little Creatures Saturday night for their big party. Uh, they've got old-school chef specials. Uh, they've got uh, music playing. They've got great beer, great food. All creatures welcome. Go and check it out, littlecreatures.com.au. Stay with us on the warmth this morning. Still plenty to come. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong, you're listening to The Warmer with Warlow and Moods. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong, this is The Warmer with Warlow and Moods. 
Chris Goulding still to join us this morning on the warm-up. We're going to chat to him about his time in Paris and also the Boomers, the World Cup coming out a little bit later on in the year. Looking forward to that. Should be fantastic. Uh, but right now, let's get into Moons' six-pack. Moons' six-pack. For little creatures, all creatures welcome. That's right. All thanks to Little Creatures. Uh, for Furphy at Little Creatures Geelong, go and grab yourself a Furphy this weekend at Little Creatures Geelong, celebrating their 10-year anniversary as well. Moons, hey, uh, a bit of a story during the week, and I guess it's been happening for quite some time, mm-hmm. is the Usman Khawaja situation in the Australian dressing rooms. So, um, He's a non-drinker. He's a non-drinker. Yes. Um, he's you know, a religious guy. That's fine. He, he can't have a drink or be around sort of having a drink. So there was a bit of an uproar after they won the World Are Test. you not allowed to even be in a, around it? Well, in the same room? I guess in public he can't be seen sort of being... Celebrating. Sort of yeah. celebrating with it or, you know, alongside it. So in the past, Australia have literally got up on the podium, squirt the champagne yeah. around. He's run off. And they get rid of it and then he comes back on yeah. and celebrates. So this time around they decide, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're going to get him up on stage straight away you're going to celebrate with us. We can do all that sort of stuff at another time. So I didn't spray the champagne. This is why Cummins is a great captain. Yep. So yeah. he's included in But in England, a few people have sort of taken a swipe at the Aussies <laughs> saying, hey, come on, this is a bit woke. You've got to celebrate the win. This yeah. is cricket. What are you doing? So a few people upset about that. So I okay. understand both points of view. I yeah, so do I. But so what I wanted to do is in our culture, and thanks to the guys, little creatures, we like having a beer and we want to celebrate the people who would be great to have a beer with. So this week's Moons of Six Pack is the top six AFL people you'd like to have a beer with. Who have you got? Well, I've been lucky enough to have a, a couple of beers with some of these guys, and there are a couple that I would love to. But I've got actually a bit of a – because I grew up a Carlton man. Yep. There's a bit of a Carlton theme here. So at number six, a man that I have actually had a couple of beers with, and I've worked with him at Fox, and I grew up idolising this guy, loved him, but then got to know him over the last – probably, I don't know, 10 years or so, is Mark McClure. Sellers. Sellers. One of the great Carlton people. Uh, one of the great men that I've ever met. He seems angry on TV. Yes, is he angry in real yes, life? Yes, and it's great. It's funny. He just throws out zingers, pots people. It's it's hilarious. So he's so, so much fun to have a beer with. Uh, number five, if you are after a big night, and it's going to be a reckless night, and I've had a couple of reckless nights with this man when I was a very young boy. Yes, Martin Pike. Yes. If you want trouble, Pike is your man. Right. Trust. If you want to go on a two-day bender, Pike <laughs> is your man. Uh, when I was young, I realised that spending time with Martin Pike mightn't be the best thing for my career. Right. Number four. Now, everyone loves to have a beer with JB, Jonathan Brown. Now, I've had a, many a beers with Brownie, but I'm going to go back to the All-Star game in 2008 when Victoria played the All-Star team. Mm-hmm. I was part of the All-Star team. Didn't get a kick that night and did not care less. Yeah, right. Couldn't have gone into that game with just not a care in the world yep. about getting kicked. Couldn't have cared. Just didn't want to get injured, all those type of things. But that night, we went out and had a had a few drinks, both teams. And if there was a camera, back then there was no iPhone cameras, if mm. there was a camera on at 5 o'clock in the morning at a pub that we were at, you would have seen 25 blokes in playing AFL. And we're talking about the the best players in the AFL, yep. arm in arm, singing along to Cold Chisel. <laughs> and I still remember it today. It was one of the best scenes that I've had in my life. And there he was, the big man, Brownie, leading, leading the, the pack. And he led the Vicks out that night. In fact, uh, incredible vision. But was that 
was that before the start of the season? No, that was, uh, was it mid-season. It was about mid-season. Was it? Yeah, okay. not even mid. Might have been a little bit earlier than mid. Yep. And I'm telling you now, it was just, I still remember it, one of the great scenes of my life, 25 of the best AFL players, arm in arm, just singing along to Cole Chisel. Uh, we'd all obviously had a, tipped a few in. Mm. And I thought, if you had a, that, this wouldn't happen today. No, just, it just no. wouldn't. Uh, number three, if you ever want to laugh about uh, over a few beers, you've got to have a sit down with Greg Williams, the great man Diesel. He will talk about himself flat out. Yep. He will talk about how great he was, how unlucky he is not to be a three-time Brownlow medal, all of those things, and you can't help but sit there and laugh and love the man. He's one of the greats. Uh, number two, one of my favourite men of all time, because as, as I said, I grew up a Carlton man, Stephen Kernahan. Stand by your um, man. You know, this was, this was my idol, this man. I had him on my wall. I loved him. He was just one of the greatest Carlton people of all time. So he was my skipper. And, and can just, drink. And can drink. And... Mate, I'd, I'd never met Sticks until uh, after I finished football. And he walked into an SEN box when I was doing Friday Night Footy. And he walked up and without and he tapped me on the shoulder and goes, G'day, Moods. And I nearly fell over. I thought, the great man knows my name. <laughs> How lucky am I? Now, number one. Who's now, your one? Now, this will, this will surprise a lot of people. But one of the funniest men that you will ever meet, particularly after he's had a couple of beers and does an unbelievable Lee Matthews impersonation. That is the great Al Alistair Lynch. Oh, Alistair Lynch. <laughs> oh, my. This man is hilarious. He's a great person. And if you ever just want to have a six-pack and just sit down with somebody and shoot the breeze, Alistair Lynch is your man. He's really adapted to that Queensland life, oh, hasn't yes, he, over the last 20 has. years? He just um, He's very cruisy. He does a great job, does a lot of – the games every weekend. Oh, he's a superstar, Lynchy. Superstar player and a superstar human. There you go. There is Moons' top six best AFL people to have a beer with, all thanks to Furfies at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. Let's take a look at the weekend preview, the rest of the games mm. for this weekend, Moons. I want to start with this afternoon. We've got some games that have got a lot riding on them, but don't sort of catch the eye in terms of being headline games yeah, as yeah. such. But Frio last week, uh, they were beaten. Disappointing and, Frio uh, last week. They were, and they sit outside the eight. They take on the Giants this afternoon. Uh, that's an important game for Frio to get their season back on track. It was a shock loss last week. It, it really is. And the Giants hit a little bit of form over the last couple of weeks with some wins. I'm actually picking Frio on this one, only because I honestly believe Fremantle are a, are a top eight team. I really do. Yep. And I had them at the start of the year maybe as a sneaky top four. So I've been disappointed with how they started. They came into some really good form, but that loss against the Tigers was a big loss. A win result. should I'm get expecting. them back in the eight. So yeah. it's not you know it's not doomsday, but to lose last week against the Hawks was um, yep. was a real shock. So uh, not a great result for them. Uh, I think they'll still be too good for the Giants. Although the Giants are a bit plucky, I think. So they mm. could you know they could do anything this afternoon. Uh, tonight the Tigers and the Saints also another big game. St Kilda. Uh, a great win last week for the Saints against the Swans, who, are, of course, aren't travelling too well. But you've got to win those games in yes, Sydney, and they do. did grind out a good result. Uh, and the Tigers, um, again, they're sort of pinching a game here and there as well. So they'll have a say on the eight. I don't think they'll get there. But the Saints, they've been, uh, I think, impressive well, so, enough this season. Well, they, they keep surprising us, don't we? Again, but saying that, I think Richmond are in a bit of form at the moment. I'm going to pick Richmond on this one. But Saints, if they win it, I will sit back and go, you know what, didn't surprise me. Well, I think it's, again, it's one of those games that cements your form line. Yeah. Like, if you can beat the Tigers, who are, you know... We keep can, waiting for Saints to fall over. over. Yes, and I've been one of those but people. But they don't. But they don't at the moment. Oh. Uh, Cochin, 300 games this weekend. Huge effort. Been a, a champion for the club, of course. Superstar. Premiership camp, uh, captain as well. Uh, this is almost my favourite game for the weekend this coming up on Sunday. This is, without doubt, the biggest game of the round. <laughs> 
Biggest game. Carlton and the, the Gold Coast. Who'd have thought one ten at Marvel Stadium would be your real go-to game of the weekend? The Blues, wow, they stink at the moment. I'm not sure what's going on. Well, I do know what's going on, and it's hard to watch. They would have been looking forward to the bye this weekend. They're going to wait another week. And the Gold Coast Suns, well, who knows? They get this game. They really should be beating Carlton, uh, how the form line is well, tracking at the moment. six in so. a row the Blues have lost, and... I'm actually going for seven in a row for the Blues. I'm picking the Gold Coast because I think they are in a much better form than people understand or realise. They are playing very, very good football. Uh, Lacoste just up forward and King up forward. They're really finding some amazing form. Um, I'm going for a massive upset here and I am going for Carlton to implode at about four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it'll be amazing. Imagine the supporters. And also, if the Gold Coast get up, they could find themselves in the eight, mm. which would just be amazing don't, coming up for the second don't half Don't take of the your eye off what Gold Coast are doing. Yep. So that's interesting. And the final, the final game is at North Melbourne and the Dogs on Sunday afternoon, 4.40. Jeez, the Dogs are disappointing last week. Shocking. Um, but you know what? North, have, even though they're not winning, they've shown a little bit. But look, you've got to pick the Dogs on on their season, basically riding on this game. It, it really is. Um so I think they'll get I think they'll get the win on this one. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because North have been improving but haven't been getting over the mm. line. But the dogs, I don't know, they just sort of have this sort of dogs disjointed on paper, approach. Dogs that, on paper are amazing. Their talents. And that's what makes them great. so frustrating and disappointing. That on paper they look so great, but on the field they just there's just something wrong there. Still to come on the what this morning, Chris Goulding is going to join us next. All thanks to little creatures. They're turning ten years old. Can you believe that and celebrate? by throwing a party tonight from 6pm and you could be one of the first to try their new release of their single batch 10-year pills. Now visit littlecreatures.com.au. Stick around. Boomer star Chris Goulding to join us next. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. You're listening to The Warmer with Warlow and Moons. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. This is the warm-up with Warlow and Moods. Still plenty to come this morning on the warm-up, all thanks to Furphy at Little Creatures, our local footy wrap not too far away, and our marketplace as well. But one man that we both love, Moons, to have on the show. We do love our basketball. You probably more so than me, but this man is doing it here in Australia, here for the Boomers, and recently over in Europe in Paris, can you believe, in the French League. I speak of Chris Goulding joins us on the line. Chris, good morning to you, mate. How are you doing? Guys, how are we? Having me on? Very well, mate. Uh, you're, you're a busy man. Um, not much of an off-season for you. Um, we'll get into some of the stuff in terms of NBA and the World Cup very soon, but uh, you've been plying your trade in France, so pretty much basketball into basketball into basketball. Yeah, it was um, you know, a little bit of a disappointing for us at United, so we finished off earlier than planned for. We, I was finished in the start of February, and with not starting up again until sort of September, October, it leaves a, a massive chunk of the year. So took, uh, as LeBron would say, I, I took my talent <laughs> over to, uh, <laughs> to Paris and reunited with a, an old friend and an ex-coach of mine in Will Weaver and tacked on for the back end of their season and, and had an amazing time. Was that a last-minute decision, sorry, um, or was it something that you'd planned or it just sort of fell in because the season ended so quickly for United? Yeah, it's something that I kind of um, get my head around through last minute, but uh, you know, my agent, he would be 
following the results in Melbourne and if it was looking like we'd be finished at a certain date, he'd be making calls. But, you know, this didn't happen right away. I sort of finished the season, got up to Queensland to see some family and uh, it was just sort of bubbling along in the background. And then when we decided to come back to Melbourne after a couple of weeks up in Queensland, it was like, all right, it's done. You've got to get back on the plane the next morning. So... Um, bit of a whirlwind after having a tiny little break, but you know, super glad that I did it. Glad we did it um, as a family as well. My wife and my little one cruising around the streets of Paris was was pretty cool to experience. Chris, tell us about the league itself. I mean, uh, have you ever played in Europe? And we talk about uh, you know, obviously the American League and the European leagues, and at the moment, European basketball is are dominating. Tell us about the actual European league and how it's played versus probably what you see over here in Australia. Yeah, so I played um, a season in Spain a, a long a long time ago and a little bit in Italy uh, before COVID. So it was my first time back in quite some time. I was really excited to get back and see how I would handle it as a, you know, some would say older, I'd say more mature yes. basketballer. And um, Yeah, exactly right. Definitely not as athletic as the... Uh, the young Europeans, and that's what I found, like, especially in France, there's a massive African influence in the league. So, you know, young African players that are super athletic, they're tall, they're long, they're quick. Um, having to combat that with a little bit of smarts and shooting um, was a great challenge for me. And I think just overall, uh, just bigger bodies, like you're coming up against seven foot one Serbians that weigh 145 <laughs> kilos and all they want to do is take your head off when they set a screen <laughs> um, is a little bit different to running around busting through screens of Aussies. So um, I, I definitely think some of the better teams in our league would, would, would win and compete over there in that French league. But um, some of the top teams there are pretty impressive with their budgets, you know, Monaco, um, and, a, and a team in Lyon, you know, they they got multi, multi, multi-million dollar budgets and can kind of go out and get whoever they want. So that's, that's, a, that's pretty much the main differences. But all in all, um, our league here in Australia really stacks up mm. worldwide. Interesting to see, you know, how much strength there is in Europe. I guess if, if you're an NBA fan or someone who just, you know, follows the NBA and NBL pretty strongly but doesn't take in much other leagues around or many other leagues around the world it's such a strong part of the world for basketball and you can see that now with obviously Jokic in uh, the NBA finals winning the MVP and obviously taking the Nuggets to the championship they're having a huge impact aren't they on the NBA yeah they are and you know it's a really it's a part of sport is a part of um, European culture you know much the same as the AFL is for us in Victoria you know you've got your home team your you're born and bred with it. Um, it's much the same over there. Like we had fans after we beat the other Parisian team. They were, you know, banging on our locker room door, letting <laughs> off flares, partying in the streets just because we beat, you know, it was like Carlton versus Collingwood. Mm. Imagine flares being let off yeah. down Ligon Street <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. Although Carlton wouldn't beat Collingwood. No. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's really cultural and it's, it's, from you know the day they're born, it's part of their family. They love it, and and what I'm finding and seeing is more that the NBA is recognising it, and and it's similar to what we do with football and how we build our team here. It's you talk about culture and driving standards. It's not always the most athletic, flashy, the person with the most followers and money are the best players that are going to lead you to a championship. You know, we've seen. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and the culture they've built in Golden State come back and win last year. 
and now a strong culture that's been building for, you know, five, six, seven years here in Denver. Um, same superstars, they've dealt with injuries, same coach, they've fallen short a few times, but they stick with Mike Malone, who is a, an amazing coach. I've had a little bit to do with him before in the past. And it, it's, they're realizing that, hey, getting good guys that can play the game and blend well together and work as a team is your best way forward, as opposed to going and piecing together two, three superstars and hoping for the best. No, spot. I mean, good people win championships, mate, and you build around them, let me tell you. Hey, back home, uh, back with the Boomers, the World Cup, all that coming up at the moment. You've come off a bronze medal. Are we still looking at – I think we've said this a couple of times now. This is the best Australian Boomers team that we've seen in a while. I look at the one now, Chris, and I think this has to be the best on paper that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're in that – you know, people talk about that golden age where – you know, your Joe Ingles, mm. your Patty Mills, they're still, um, you know, they're, they're in the latter stages of their career, but the way they look after themselves and they prepare and their mentality towards the boomers, they're going to produce at a high level. And then we've just got an influx of young NBA talent that are chomping at the bit to get blooded into this, this boomers team. So, you know, for the next couple of years, we're going to keep hearing, this is the best team, this is the best team as we get these guys involved. And, and, and that's what we hope as, kind of like the older custodians of the team mm-hmm. you want to leave it in a better place and you hope it just gets better and better and better so um you know we won got we won uh bronze in tokyo and um you know our our mentality is we we are up there with the best in the world we yeah. go into these tournaments to try and win them and this will be no different obviously it's going to be very tough against spain and the u.s of course but you guys uh, are up against germany finland and japan you play one of the home nations in japan that's going to be massive it's it's a i mean no group is easy but you know you should be getting through this group and giving yourself another chance to to medal at the world titles yeah it's um it's a good group for us um obviously japan in japan is going to be a tough challenge they're an up-and-coming basketball nation they got some really good pieces so that'll be an amazing game but um yeah the minute you take start taking teams lightly especially in a, in a world competition and knockout rounds um it's where you're going to get bit on the bum so we've been in this position before you know rio we had france and serbia in our pool and everyone said we weren't getting out of that so um for people to say oh we'll get through this easy you never know what can happen but we'll be locked in and won't take anyone uh, lightly that's for sure uh, you'll get through it easy no worries about that mate <laughs> uh, before we let you go Hoop City is something you've been involved with for a couple of years now four locations uh, across Geelong and Melbourne um, which is great to see there's actually some holiday camps you can get to for kids uh, over the next couple of weeks mate tell us your involvement there how's it all going it looks incredible the, the courts look amazing yeah, so um, it was born out of kind of a problem that if, if people have young chick children that are trying to play or are still trying to play themselves, there's just not enough courts or facilities, um, let alone in Melbourne and Victoria, but the country um, to try and get better. And, and our slogan is raise your game. So um, four venues across Victoria, elite um, basketball facility. We've got the weight room, we've got courts, we've got shooting machines, we've got AI technology. Um, so our biggest thing is just come in, give it a try, and I'm sure you're going to fall in love with it. Um, we really are unlike anything else um, yet in the country, and we're expanding as quick as we can. So if you get a chance, get into Hoop City. As you said, there's um, there's holiday camps on, so hoopcity.com.au, get in. 
um, get amongst it and raise your game. When do you go into camp? What's the go with the World Cup? So we're in camp uh, 30th of July up in Cairns. Everyone will come in. We'll sweat it out up there, have some good battles, and they'll pick the team a week or so after that. So we'll find out what the go is from there. World Cup's uh, back end of August. Yep, into uh, into September. Oh, and wow. then the United will roll around the end of September. So you've got mm. a fair bit coming up, mate. Enjoy a little bit of time off if that is the case. Uh, get some golf in and do whatever you can to take your mind over for a couple of minutes. Thanks for joining us on the warm-up this morning. Good luck. Absolutely, guys. Thank you for having me. See ya. Boomer star Chris Goulding joining us on the warm-up this morning. Looking forward to the World Cup. Uh, Philippines, Japan and Indonesia starting in late August. It's going to be sensational. We've got our marketplace and the local footy wrap on the way. For Furphy at Little Creatures Village, Geelong. You're listening to the warm-up with Warlow and Moons. Local footy wrap for Times Footy. Your home ground for local footy. Visit timesfooty.com.au. That's right, all the footy is up and about this weekend. All thanks to Times Footy, your home ground for local footy. GFL, BFL and GDFL all ready to fire for this weekend's round. And joining us from the Geelong Times is Vinny Van Allshot. Good morning to you, Vinny. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Mate, uh, good to have all the footy back as we get into, the, I guess, the second half of the season. Let's kick off with the GFL, mate. Uh, match of the round this week, Colac and Newtown looks like a belter. Yeah, definitely. I think the last three weeks now I've had the Eagles down as one of the teams in the game of the week in the GFL, but it's really just come down to the luck of the draw there. But for Newtown, though, they had a slight hiccup last week against St. Joseph's, uh, their first loss of the season. Now they have to figure out a way to get over Colac, who have won their last three straight. But I back Newtown here. They'll attempt to win with the additions of Archie Sinnott, Harrison Oren, Blake Reed as well. So some welcome additions for the Eagles. And how does the rest of the GFL look this weekend? Well, Joey's, as we just touched on, they should come out in good form against the struggling Grovedale side. North Shore uh, has their work cut out for them against St. Mary's after their torrid loss to Leopold last weekend. Uh, South Island should cement a spot inside the top four with a likely win over St. Albans. Geelong West travels to Lara. They should come away with a win there. Meanwhile, the inclusion of former AFL Ruckman and Leopold big man Trent West should provide Leopold with the necessary tools the topple Bell Park. So every away side should come away with the win here this week in the JFL. Well, that's, uh, that would be a first, I reckon. It wouldn't be very often that that has happened. Let's have a look at the Ballerine Footy League this weekend. Match of the round. Anglesey hosting Newcomb with a brand new coach. Yeah, so a couple major headlines ahead of this game as to why we've got the get, why we've got it as the game of the week. Uh, firstly, Newcomb announced the sudden resignation of coach Mitch Troy just after 10 rounds of the season. Uh, Tony Mirabella will be taking over as interim coach later today. Um, but secondly, Anglesey, who looked like they were in terrific form just a couple of weeks ago, winning four straight at the time. Uh, they've let their final spot uh, lose a bit of grip there. Uh, this comes after back-to-back losses to Bowen Heads and then last week, unexpectedly, the Queensland. So a lot of pressure on Jordan Terrace's side, especially taking on Torquay next week as well. And how does the rest of the Ballerine Free League look this weekend? Uh, speaking of Torquay, co-captain Ben McNamara returns to the side. Uh, that'll be a welcome addition as they come up against an informed Queenscliffs team. Bowen heads travel to Port Arlington. The Seagulls likely winners in that one. Drysdale has a favourable schedule over the next month and it begins with a clash against the Grubbers in Ocean Grove. They should take that one as well. 
And a potential upset on the cards. Uh, Botawari may have the right recipe to make the race for the finals a tight one uh, if they can defeat Geelong Amateur at home later today. So plenty going on on the Bellarine as well. All right, Geelong District Footy League. Well, they're firing back up after a bye round last weekend for the King's birthday. East Geelong and Thompson have both been in really good form this this season to date. This is an interesting game. Uh, close rivals as well. Just an interesting round uh, in all. I'm really excited about this round as well. Lots of potential ramifications in the in the ladder this week. Um, but yeah, like I said, East Geelong hosting Thompson at Richmond Oval. No changes for the Tigers this week, but William Hoff and Jake Watson-Sterley are back in for the Eagles. It's a great opportunity for Thompson, though, to create some separation at the top of the GDFL ladder as their terrific season continues. But that eagerness, uh, that fact of that eagerness should be enough for the Tigers to get over the line in wow. that one. So Thompson in that one. Talk us through the rest of the round. Well, we head to Victoria Park for that one. Uh, Winchelsea really are a real chance of falling away from the chasing pack if they don't pull off a positive result later today. Uh, it won't be easy with the Tigers' key forward, Kieran Fulton, back in the side. He's listed as a ruck this week, surprising, which is which is an interesting development. And Alex Beardsell returns to the Bannockbound lineup as well. Uh, but Geelong West also will head down to West Oval. Uh, just a win outside the top five. They're going to rely on the uh, cheetah spirit later today as they uh, take on Centrals. Uh, Blake Dye was impressive two weeks ago with seven goals in his season debut a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Giants should get up in that one while wearing their famous uh, cheetah's kit as well. Corio and Belmont meet at Shell Reserve in the Wotheron Cup. Uh, a long history between those two clubs. Belmont, though, has shown glimpses of good form this season. I'd back them in that one. And uh, lastly, several ins for Inverleigh this week as they uh, take on the Hawks uh, in their in their charge up the ladder. But uh, taking on a well-rested Belfast Hill side in Belfast Hill is one of the biggest challenges the GDFL has to offer. So don't rule up an, out, an upset, though, but a, a very interesting matchup, and I feel like I'll back Belfast Hill in that one. All right, big rounds of footy coming up this weekend. To keep up-to-date local footy teams and results online, receive them in your inbox for free every Friday and Monday morning. Visit timesfooty.com.au. Thanks, Vinny. Enjoy the football. Thanks, Matt. Have a good one. All right, Moons, time to take a look at the marketplace this week. We're buying and selling in the world of sport. Let's start off with the selling. Um, what are you selling this week, mate? What are you not loving? Well... I think we're all massive Shane Warne fans. Huge. And I love I loved Warnie. Loved him. But what I'm seeing for the Warnie promo for the T V series, I'm not liking. Yeah, it looks a bit underwhelming, no, doesn't it? It doesn't look great. I, I don't think it's gonna do him any justice. Yep. I don't think I'll watch it. I don't think I'm gonna watch it either, to be honest. Because I have him I have a standard of, of Warn of, of my thoughts yep. and what I love about him. And I don't think this show is going to do him any justice. He's got an aura about him, Warnie, and I just feel like this just might sort of water it yeah. down a bit. Yeah, no, yeah I'm, I'm not happy with that. I, I agree. What about you, buddy? What are you I'm selling? I'm selling Brisbane players this week. I'm selling oh. the fact that you've gone in. So let's just quickly, quickly, quickly play out this scenario. Yes. Chris Fagan, his office. One player comes in, says, Chris, I'm not playing too well. Um, I think I might sit out and have a few weeks off, mate, if that's okay. No worries. Player A leaves. Player B, same day. Hey, Chris, um, uh, this is a coincidence. I know Gunston was in here <laughs> earlier, but um, Daniel Rich here, but um, I wouldn't mind sitting out. I think my form's not great either. I might have a couple of weeks off. Can can't we just that, drop players? Why can't we just say that players are not informed and they're going to have a couple of weeks off? The Why do we have was, to say that they've dropped themselves? And I and I absolutely love Fags. I think I, he's one. No guy, ways copping that. One one guy that I'd love to have played under is Chris Fagan. 
There's no doubt he said to the boys, right, your form's down. What are we going to do? And he even talked about, you know, that they're missing training yeah. uh, because of injuries. Uh, Gunner's not even uh, barely trained because he's sore. So they're going to take some time off to get some fitness. Just say that. Yeah. Just say the boys have just – we just need to give them a break. We need to put in a mini preseason with them. Uh, they're not playing well, so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I just don't understand <laughs> this whole that we've got to um, drop ourselves situation. It just doesn't um, no. feel the right way. No, what are you going to buy, buddy? I am buying this week. I am buying this, mate. Bluey. Bluey Cricket. If you haven't seen it, you haven't got kids, jump on the ABC or Disney, I think, in the States now. It's huge. They've done a cricket episode, and every time they do an episode, it's massive in America. If I'm the AFL and we promote the game, I would be tapping Bluey, giving them a call and say, hey, can you do a story about the AFL? Mm -hmm. Because the cricket episode is amazing. Go and check it out just out of curiosity. Go and do it. And cricket will grow in America off the back of this. Believe me. There you go. I'm buying Bluey this week. What are you buying? Uh, Well, I was lucky enough to... Have a, and when I say a little bit, I'm talking a little bit to do with Nick Larkey over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Now he's gone and signed on at the North Melbourne Football Club for five years. I am absolutely thrilled because I honestly think if you put this man in a top four team, we would be talking about a genuine superstar. He's so talented. He's He's got a massive work rate. He's a great person. And he's kicking goals at a team that's really struggling. Yep. So and when I think this that's team, massive. So when this ter- team turns around and we, we, we see uh, these young players coming through, she's on all of those type of things. Well, once these guys get games under the belt and this team clicks together, Zerha and he are, are getting a really nice partnership down forward, we're going to see this guy as a genuine star of our game. And I love the fact that he's he's chosen loyalty over money. That is it for us for the warm-up for this week. Don't forget, you can grab the podcast each and every week or head along to the SEN app as well, mate. Have a good weekend. Good we'll on you, buddy. You Take Cheers. care, mate.